Blog Talk Radio. Israelites with your host, the seer of Seed Royal. To the four corners of the globe, praise his righteous and powerful name. my word. 
He's precept at the 35 and 60. You'll be found a lie in Proverbs. So we got to make sure we do exactly what this book says, and Yahweh have no choice but to intervene. Because one thing he's not going to break is his words. So once we make Bible decisions and remember the old past, now if I got them, and you ever look that verse up there, the old past in Jeremiah, I think it's uh, 17, 4. So we got to act for the old past. And then not only that, we got to walk there in it. So we're going to take a look at that verse up the road, but now we're going to bring our elders in. We're going to get something going on. Lead teach out of camp one. We're going to bring them in. We're going to see if we get something going on on take number 68. And number one thing, Steve Ray, the feast is only, matter of fact, this will be the closing of the feast this time next week. We'll be closing it up when the sun sets this time next week. Be closing it up. But right now, this feast right now is very important to understand one thing. And the feast is about one thing again. It's not about the loaves. It's about the understanding of it. Then we're going to eat and drink, eat all of the meat we can get our hands on. And middle one thing. But now you know, once you put that dead stuff in you, which was never was required by Yahweh until you fell from the grace, now you know how to get that stuff out your body. So now you clear, see, our body was not made for intake of meat. Have you noticed the gorilla? Have you noticed uh, that thing with that uh, one horn, that rhinoceros? Have you noticed that uh, the, the horse? Do you notice this, that the um, elephant? They the strongest thing it is. Guess what they don't eat? Meat. So it's something to that when you investigate that. Because one thing about it, they eat meat, but they, they use it as a sidekick. And they knew exactly what to put in their bodies to get that because the meat don't digest in your belly. It don't digest in your belly. That day of stuff don't. You got to eat live food, especially if you're sick. If you sick, you take a, you take a, a aimless eight, one, and two, a summer basket to those that are sick based upon live fruits because that is your meat. So you got people got all type of ailments that you can reverse it, but you got to tell them what to do. And that's what we come in at. See, we got, first of all, we got to know our responsibility is because we the one on this watch, the six and on the camps of Boston of the two Israelites. So we got to have it right. We got to have it right. Because when the sick, when the sick, the lame, the maimed, the dumb come before you, you got to go on this Bible and take care of this business. <laughs> okay, we'll get the case in point. But uh, let's see if we can bring our hero in. We'll get something going on on take six days. So like I said again, this is serious business. And we get the count that is picked in this generation. So the seer's job is to put it out there. It's up to you to respond to what the Bible says. Not what the individual is saying. And as long as you walk in contrary to this Bible, ain't nothing happening. 
your time going to run out. And in Zechariah 13, 8 through 10, it tell you plainly that two-thirds is not going to make it. But you got to know how to count the two-thirds. Three, six, nine, twelve. Three and six is not going to make it. They're going to be days, Israelites. Nine going to wake up. And then nine going to go for not the dead Israelites. They're going to go for the twelve, the live ones that want to be helped. And then the one that's going to be saved. And then you can get your blessing. And James uh, 5, uh, what, 23? James 5, 20, whatever it is. So to say what I'm trying to tell you, get your blessing. You got to lead by example. You cannot make the same mistakes your parents made. You got to understand one thing. This ministry is to show you what the Bible says, and you got to make adjustment to this body. That's the bottom line. In order, the way Yahweh got, got it in order. Got it? Good. We're going to bring our elder in. We teach out of class one. We need our elder to allow a boy to say. Elder Yahweh Israel. The lead teacher come out of camp one. Yahweh did you see right? Well, bless you, say Israel. I see Royal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, there. Elder, we're going to get some going on. And those who are coming in later on to uh, participate in the broadcast, we'll bring them up when we see them. So right now, we're going to look right down at Luke chapter 12, verse 12. Elder, Yahweh Israel. What's that say? Come on. Book of Luke, chapter 12, verse number 12 reads, For the righteous spirit shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. In that very same hour, the righteous spirit shall teach you in that very same hour. The righteous spirit do the teaching. No doubt about it. And that's one of the greatest mystery in teaching, the righteous spirit. But one thing about the righteous spirit, Elder, in the wisdom of Solomon chapter um, 1, 1 down to verse 9, let's uh, open up in wisdom of Solomon chapter 1. Let's see what it says in 1 down to verse 9. Wisdom of Solomon chapter 1, verse 1 down to verse 9. What does it say to Elder? Got to die here, brother. Let's get something going on. Come on. The book of Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 1, verse number 1 through 9 reads, The book of Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 1, verse number 1 through 9. Wisdom of Solomon 1, verse number 1 reads, Love righteousness, you that be judges of the earth. Think of Yahweh with a good mind, and the simplicity of mind seek him. Verse number two, for he will be proud of them that kept him not, and assures himself unto such, and do not distrust him. Verse number three, for forward thoughts separate from Yahweh and his power. When it is tried, reprove the unwise. Verse number four, for into a malicious soul, wisdom shall not enter, nor dwell in the body that is subject unto sin. Verse number five. For the righteous spirit of discipline will flee deceit and remove from thoughts that are without understanding. It will not abide with unrighteousness. 
cometh in. Verse number six, for wisdom is a loving spirit who will not acquit a blasphemer of his words. For Yahweh is a witness of his reign and a true beholder of his mind and a hearer of his tongue. Verse number seven, for the spirit of Yahweh filleth the world and that which containeth all things have knowledge of the voice. Verse number eight, and for he that speaketh unrighteous things cannot be hid. It shall vengeance when it is punished passes by him. Verse number nine. For inquisition shall be made into the counsel of the Yahquali. The sign of his word shall come unto Yahquah for the manifestation of his wicked deeds. Next. Uh, uh, back up here on our lesson. What do um, two, five, eight, and nine say again out of Wisdom of Solomon chapter 1. Uh, look at verses, um, Wisdom of Solomon chapter 1, verse 2, 5, 8, and 9. What does that say again there, Elder? Take your time. I think you want something, Elder. What does that say in Wisdom of Solomon chapter 1, verse 2, 5, 8, and 9? Book of Wisdom of Solomon chapter 1, verse number 2, 5, verse number 8 and 9 reads. Wisdom of Solomon chapter 1, verse number 2. Will he be found of them that tempt him not, and shows himself unto such as do not distrust him. Verse number five reads, For the righteous spirit of discipline will flee deceit and remove from thoughts that are without understanding, will not abide when unrighteousness cometh in. Verse number eight, that for he that speaketh unrighteous things cannot be hid. He that shall vengeance when it punishes. Passed by him. Verse number nine. For inquisitions shall be made into the council of the Yahquali, and the sound of his word shall come unto Yahqua for the manifestation of his wicked deeds. Uh huh. What, what do you mean that when you look at the definition of inquisition now, What do you mean by inquisition going to be made of a wicked deed? Well, what what that supposed to mean? Now, you know, see, we come on this broadcast six nights a week. We don't come in to feed our flesh. We know we're on a, the international radio broadcast, and we heard all over the world, and we know that we got a lot of members that going to want to do right at a time appointed. So we have to make sure we bring this thing out of Elder and lay it out in grand style. So what does that word inquisition mean that otherwise fixing on account got to be in a position to make an inquisition? What that word mean, Elder? Yeah, nah, come on. I'm, I'm looking on the online uh, encyclopedia dictionary of Oxford, and it reads, inquisition, a period of prolonged and intensive questioning or investigations. Mm-hmm. So if we have to make an investigation, uh, Elder, that what it means. We have to know who labor among us, and we got to watch them all from the page of the book and make an investigation on them. See, that's what, that what it means. We got to make an investigation on them. We hear them bump their guns, talk a lot of talk, but in the same token, we got to make an inquisition on it with me, investigation. We, and how do you investigate? 
And it always starts in First Peter 4, 17 through 19. And what do it and what do our investigation start at? Elder Yarda Israel. And investigation start from where? First Peter 4, 17 through 19. Book of First Peter, chapter 4, verse 17 through 19 reads. The book of First Peter, chapter 4. Verse number 17 reads, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the temple of Yahweh, the house of Yahweh. And if it begin with at us, which shall be the end of them that obey not the covenant of Yahweh, which shall the end be of them that obey not the covenant of Yahweh. Verse number 18. Hey. If the rock and if the righteous shall be saved, where shall the and the sin appear? Verse number 19. Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of Yahweh commit the keeping of their souls to him in well doing as unto a faithful creator. Hey. You know, you, you got a whole lot of uh, Bless you, Sears, Reverend Seed Royal. Hallelujah, Yahweh. 
Hallelujah for our elder. One thing we do know, elder, the fox tail have been lit. The curtain hair went up. It's all about one thing now, the order of the Bible. If you want this man to intervene, we must do order of the Bible. We must make a decision according to the Bible. It'll take your time. The world listening over 900,000 songs on international side. What WCC just say? See, it's more than that, but we ain't going to tell you. Well, it's okay. It's your radio station. You do what you want to do. So, L, you on the clock. Take your time. Come out. Once again, Yankwa, bless you, Sierra as well. And thank you for bringing me into tonight's broadcast among a cast of hundreds of thousands, along with our, all of our listening members. And that is a very good thing, because we know with so many people listening, we are touching a few out there with open ears for the words of Yahweh. We have too many pastors, preachers, deacons, representatives of the church that want to teach things their own way, even bringing verses and stuff up from other Bibles, you'd be surprised how many out there are trying to lead you in a non-righteous way. But here we're taught the words of Yahweh so that we're not deceived by many. As it tells us in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, reading verse 4 and 5. For it says, And Yahweh the Son said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Why? For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Yahweh the Son, and shall deceive many. And actually, we've even seen this for ourselves. Hard to believe. Walking to the temple and saying, I am me. Mm, that was really something. Well, this is the reason why we're here to welcome and thank you for attending another live broadcast of Yahweh's ministry. Coming to you live and open to you always with new and exciting topics from the King James Bible. And first and foremost, about Yaqua's word. Well, we've been often questioned about how can we get this much out of this one book? Well, it comes from connecting the books, the words of Yaqua, your health, foods that you should eat, and keeping the Sabbath days. We do all this because you have not. And this information that you came to seek and now have found it in the voices of the true Israelites, tribe of Yatah. We're open unto you for this learning from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the days of Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, having no class on Tuesday unless we have a high day or a special event. However, we do have a Sabbath class. The top part of Sabbath is Friday. That class time starts at 7.30 to 10.30. The bottom part of Sabbath is Friday. It's Saturday. Sorry about that. It's Saturday, our bottom part of the Sabbath. And we have a temple class that starts at 12 p.m. And an online class that starts at 2 to 5 p.m. until the temple members desire to leave. We also have a website address. And to use this on any search engine, type in tribeyada.com. And after click enter, once again, look for tribeyada.com. Dash Israelites. When you click that, it will take you to a big line where you will see tithes and offerings. Click PayPal and follow those instructions. 
However, any other device you might see menu. But after clicking it, you'll still see the choices. Still choose the tithes and offerings. In doing so, remember what it tells us in the book of Psalms, chapter 96, verse 7 and verse number 8. 7 says, Give unto the aqua, O you kindreds of the people. Give unto the aqua glory and strength. 8. Give unto the aqua the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Now, I always remind everyone that when you're doing this, to remember that Yaqua loves a cheerful giver. And also donations to this ministry is greatly appreciated that you give according to the Bible scriptures. We read in the book of Leviticus, chapter 27, verse number 30, and read once again in the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verse 8, and verse number 9. This is done to keep this ministry bringing you thus is Yaqua live. Also, we're building a school, a banquet hall, radio station, and land to grow the health foods that we continue to speak of on this program. Hallelujah. Also while there, don't forget to check our calendar. The calendar is there to keep you, your family, and friends in tune with the Bible feast days that come to us throughout the year. We also have a live program, which is available during our broadcast time. And to get there, just type in three words this time, Yaqua Radio Live. After click enter, look for Voices of the Trizolites, Tribe of Yadav, and click the red live button as soon as it appears. It'll put you right into our live online broadcast. Also, this is good for people that are not able to dial in, but you can use your computer or any one of your tablets or whatever to log in using this same procedure. Also, when you get there, we have a few numbers you can call with Yakwa in mind. The first being a live conference room number. This number is 319-527-6065. The other is 224-600-5579. This would be our international number where you can call and leave a message on those Bible scriptures that you have questions on, which can be answered by any one of the six minor camps of Yahweh's ministry. But also in saying that, do not call this number trying to teach. I will have to remind you, you will only hear a discouraging click followed by a dial tone. Also, by calling that same number, you can order what our members know as the 12 programs, three of the 12 tribes of Israel on DVD. Just make sure we get the correct name and the correct address, and you will receive it promptly. On another note, we might ask, please do not contact us here via email, phone, or text before broadcast or afterwards. He's usually pretty busy with the WCC. The New York Station stockholder gets a cigar man, announcing many memos, and now even in addition to that, the Latter-day Saints. So please use the international line of 224-600-5579. And if the question is legit, you will receive a call back, unless you call trying to teach. As I said, you will only hear the scourging dial tone. Now, if you happen to miss the beginning of today's program, you can catch the entire show recorded after 9.15 p.m., except Friday's program time will be repeated after 10.30. Now to do this, 
just enter three words on your search line, Yaqua Radio Live. And after you click in there, look for Voices of the Truth, like Strive and God Up. Choose the program that you're late logging into, or look down the list and pick any particular day that you would like to listen. Also, during our normal blood talk broadcast, we are also simultaneously transmitting on Pal Talk. Pal Talk can be logged in by your phone, tablet, computer, even now your smartwatch. Just make sure you've downloaded the Pal Talk app. When you get there, we'll be listed under ethnic group, African American. Once again, look for Voices of the Trizalites, Tribe of Yada. Our room will hold 50 or more listening participants. We God's work will also be working for your Bible education. On my narrative answer, any of the on-the-table topics we discuss during our broadcast will be Elder Mr. Tibbs Israel, along with the Seer Israel, riding a shotgun. And during this time, we'll be taking no comments off-topic or any more than two text questions answered at a time. And the broad talk ends before teaching time. We will continue teaching on Pound Talk. Yeah, I'll be with you all. But that continuing reminder I usually give is that when we're given the scriptures to speak by the seer, be quick to hear and slow to speak so the words of Yaquah will flow smoothly, remembering that we have hundreds of thousands of listeners that came to hear the righteous words of Yaquah and not to the confusion. So in saying that, we have to be very careful not to make worldly statements that can't be backed up by the Bible, but make those statements that can be backed up in the Bible. And so we can start to do just that. I'll pass our program back to our seer Israel and say, Hallelujah, Yahweh. All right, Hallelujah, Yahweh. That was excellent. No doubt about it, that was excellent. But um, I remember this is take number 68 and, and remember that piece page. This time, it'd be closing out right now. So it'd be closing out when the sun sets this time next week. So, you know, that feast day will be a seven-month first day on the Hebrew Semitic count. I mean, if you look on your, no, you got, that's why you got to be informed. That's why you have to make sure you bump shoulders with the six anointed camp. We'll break down because we have to clean out. We got to clean you out, detox you in the mind. To understand that what what has been given to you by the other people has been told wrong, and now we're trying to correct it. If you got a ear to hear, now that's a case in point. Since the elder brought some about the preachers and the and the and the, and the popes and all that a minute ago, I want to look. Up, I want to look up elders. Up. What is that? Who coined that statement? Come, come, you. Come as you are. Let's see what what is the origin of that statement. You can come as you are. Where did that statement first originated from? Come as you are. Come as you are. Let's see if we find out where did that statement come from. Because a lot of preachers use that statement. All you got to do is come to Jesus. Come as you are. Let's see who's the author of that statement. Come as you are. So now, El Yada, pull that statement up, and El and Tip get a backup on that too. That statement, the origin of the statement that is 
preachers use today, come as you are. Where did that originate from? Come on. One second, let's see. All right. I, I want to hear that. Where, where did that statement come from? Come as you are. All we got to do is come as we are. Okay. We're going to see where that statement came from. Is it coming from the Bible? Or is it coming from man? We're going to find out by going on our, what I think, telephone or computer and look up the origin of the statement. You just can come as you are. Where that come from? Who got that answer? Come on. Yes, sir. I have a statement on that. Uh, get it from the online uh, BibleQuestions.com. It reads, does the Bible say come as you are? Well, the concept of come as you are, if understood correctly, is biblically the precise phrase come as you are is not found in Scripture. Ain't that something? You mean that statement right now, that statement is not found in Scripture, and the pastors, we pay our tithes, free will office, donations, and put our tithes, and our time in. You mean that statement is not a Scripture statement? Read that again. Elder, Yahshua Israel, read teach out of camp one. Read that with a little more audio there. Come on. I'm reading from the uh, online.com question. And it reads, does the Bible say, come as you are? Answer, why the concept of come as you are, if understood correctly, is biblically the precise phrase, come as you are, is not found in scriptures. So, um, in Romans chapter 3, verse 4, can you enlighten this national audience to understand when you hear a statement like that or you hear anybody make a statement, well, come as you are. I heard that from my preacher. Yeah, you heard from your preacher. But you didn't hear it from the Almighty that's up, up, and away and following the time. So what did Paul, he has to address northern kingdom called at Rome about that he, and he said something profound to them in Romans 3 verse 4. What did he say in Romans 3 verse 4 about you can come as you are? What did he say? The book of Romans chapter 3 verse number 4 reads Yahweh forbid yea Yahweh be true but every man a liar. You see that? Let Yahweh be true. Let the Almighty be true and every man alike. So if you're in a ministry and your pastor told you and put in your, your brain that, and you repeat that statement, come as you are, <laughs> that is not a biblical statement to make. It's not biblically, Mr. Preacher. You can't come as you are. So now we're going to see what the Bible says, what he says about that. See, that's the key. Now, Elder, 
Yad Israel in 8 verse 3. Can you have to see out in Deuteronomy? Let's see what he says in Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. See, you don't have to question your pastor. You're the one that tells you, come as you are, then you repeat it. Might be very educated, might be doctors, lawyers, and all type of advice. But if your preacher tells you to echo, come as you are. Look what the Almighty said in Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse number 3 reads, And he humbled you, and suffered you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you, which you knew of not, neither did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of Yahweh. The man lives. So we have to tell our pastors that we, our popes, cardinals, that we go sit up on Moody Bible Institution, all these systems. We live by every word that comes out of the Bible. That's where you hear the mouth of the Almighty from the Bible. And the Bible do not support come as you are. Now we got to give you what do the Bible support this. Since the Bible don't support come as you are, then what do the Bible support? Let's find out what the Bible supports. Um, Matthews. Matthews. Elder Yonder. Oh, Elder, you, you, uh, you, you got some of your, you got some of your, you got some of your, well, since we're talking about, well, when we're talking about the preachers, sometimes they throw their own words in there to get their tithes and offerings uh, up. But, you know, you leave not spiritually endowed. The closest you come to that is Matthew's uh, 11, chapter 11, verse number 28. It doesn't say come as you are. And Matthew's chapter 11, verse 28, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I come as you are, come uh, unto me. Oh, okay. So, we're going to find out how you come unto him, then. Let's see what he got. So, he, so, so now, now call that verse out a little bit louder, because the international side there, that was pretty good by our elders. But we need to hear a little bit louder for the on the international side. You said and call that verse out again and, and put a little more bass in there, yo, come on. Okay, here go with a little more bass and louder. Chapter eleven, Matthew's chapter eleven, verse number twenty eight. Read it again. Yes, sir. Matthew's chapter eleven, verse number twenty eight. When it says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Okay. Not come as you are. Not come as you are. So if you're paying and you put your time in with a preacher, and he told you, come as you are, now you know clearly that's not a statement from the Bible. That's That's what's called... That cannot get a witness statement. And all the people love to say that. 
Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, can I get a witness? Turn to your You see, all that is just a cliche from Satan's death. That don't have nothing to do with the Bible. Come as you are. So if you, if ever in your preacher, come as you are, you need to go tell your preacher, you don't got me in you don't got me in trouble with the Almighty. I've been paying you my tithes. We will offer <clears throat> donation and donate my time to you. And you steer me down wrong. That's not a Bible statement. That's a cliche statement from Satan's death. But it ain't what he's saying. Now we're going to find out what is he saying then. Uh, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 down to verse 28. Let's find out what he's what is he saying? Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 down to verse 28. Eliyahu, God, lead, teach out of camp one. Come on. Book of Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse number 26 through 28 reads. Book of Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse number 26 reads. Behold, I said before you this day, a blessing and a curse. Verse 27. A blessing if you obey the commandments of Yahweh your Yahweh, which I command you this day. Verse 28. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of Yahweh your Yahweh, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other false Yahweh, which you have not known. Mm-hmm. He says, He sits before you life, and He sits before you death. He said, if you obey the law, statutes, and commandments, you are found a blessing. But if you don't obey the law, statutes, and commandments, you are found a curse. You can have, you can be, you can be where you are found to attend out. That don't make no difference, but you still find a curse. The man still going to buy you in the past because he's telling you, man live by every word that he says. So all you do is ask your preacher. Uh, Mr. Priest, now you know I'm a faithful member of the church. I donate my time, my money, my tithe, regal office. Where did that statement come from? Uh, come as you are. Where did it come from in the Bible? Hear my Bible. You ain't got yours, hear mine. Show it to me. That preacher going to be dumbfounded and say, that statement ain't even in the Bible. But, preacher, you have told me that, and I've been telling my loved ones, you can come as you are. So, Mr. Preacher, you've been lying to me. So, you got me ticket for the Lake of Fire. You already booked for it. Now, you got me in. So, what that could happen, um, Eliada, give me, give me the precept on that. Deuteronomy 31, 1 down to verse 3. 8 down to verse 11 and 17 through 20. But Elder, Mr. Peter, um, according to St. John, Elder, Mr. Peter, what do we say is in 9.25 of St. John? 9.25. What do we say we can read? Elder, Mr. Peter, and St. John 9.25, what it say? Okay, in the book of... Uh... St. John, looking at chapter 9, reading verse 25, says, 
Verse number 25. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Mm-hmm. Either way, be a sinner, I don't know. He might be on a storefront. He might be hollering on the streets. I don't know. But one thing I do know, where I was blind, but now I see. I see that you in this great big elephant place that you got. You've been lying to me. You told me that I can come as I am, I am. And we find out that's not a biblical statement. I heard from, uh, I don't know whether he's a sinner or low or not. I don't know if he's in a storefront. I don't know what he's, but I heard it. And I investigated uh, on my computer, too. That statement is not from the Bible. That statement says a cliche been passed down. So, Mr. Preacher, you've been giving me cliche. And I've been paying you my tithes, free will office, donations, and my time. See? So we know you already cut off, but guess what you did? You got me cut off if I continue to pass on cliches and not Bible biblically right. So whatever y'all die is real. I want to get a precept on that. And that Deuteronomy day, Elder, let's get a precept on what we said in that book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, down to verse 3, 8 down to verse 11, and 17 through 20. And listen real good on the international side, over 900,000 are strong on the international side, but WCC says more than that. World Council Churches, but we ain't going to tell you exactly how I'm in you want to talk here, come on. Well, the Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse number 1, 1, to, one to 3, verse number 8, 3, 11, verse number 17 through 20 reads. Book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse number 1 reads. It shall come to pass, and all these things that come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I have said before you, you shall call them to mind among all nations. Will the Yahweh have driven you? Verse number two. Shall return unto Yahweh and shall obey his voice according to all that I command you this day, you and your family, with all your mind and with all your strength. Verse number three. That then Yahweh, your Yahweh, will turn your captivity and have compassion on you and return and gather you from all the nations where the Yahweh have scattered you. Verse number 8. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of Yahweh and do all his commandments, which I command you this day. Verse number 9. And Yahweh will make thee plenteous in every work of thy hand, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy land, for good. But Yahweh will again rejoice over you for good, as he rejoiced over your father. Verse number 10. Thou shalt hearken unto the voice of Yahweh to keep his commandments, his statutes, which are written in this book of the Torah instructions, the law. And if thou turn unto Yahweh with all your mind and with all your strength. Verse number 11, with this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hid from thee, 
Neither is it far off. Verse 17. If thy mind turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship others, false shall quasi serve them. Verse some 18. I denounce unto you this day, you will surely perish, that you shall not, and that you should not prolong your days upon the land, whether thou passes over joy to go to possess it. Verse number 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that both you and your seed may live. Verse 20. That thou mayest love Yahweh, that thou mayest obey his voice, that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is your life and the length of your days. Thou mayest dwell in the land which Yahweh swear unto your father, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Israel, give them. So now, now we understand when you were reading Wilson of Solomon, so when you read Wilson of Solomon, chapter 1, now we can really understand what verse 8 and 9 is saying. So remember, so now we can really understand what it says in Wilson of Solomon, chapter 1, and these are the books that have been taken out your Bible. So you, you go back and look at your preacher real carefully with the eyes of understanding. He said, look the preacher. The original King James Bible, if I put on my computer, it says it has 80 books. The books that we read now, they only have six or six. What is the reason why we're not reading out of the other 80 or 14 books? Yet the Catholic Church has it, but they don't read out of it. And we read out of 66 books. Does that mean we didn't have a story, Mr. Preacher? And Mr. Preacher, I'm watching you real carefully now. Because all my books got 66. And all your books got 66. But I can go around the computer and ask my telephone, how many books in the original King James? And it'll come back saying 80. Well, where are them 14 books saying, why are you not teaching out of them, Mr. Preacher? Why? Are you not teaching out of 14 books? And why is they missing out of our Bible? Well, in, in 
Jody, burn you kill your pastor. Ask him how to explain. I like to be a fly on the wall and he try to explain exactly <laughs> why they use only six or six books. I love to be a fly on the wall and see what he what he kills. You see? Can I throw one? Uh, I, I, he got you know, Mr. Kills, you must got a statement, so we're going to turn the microphone on. Come on, yo. It's on your mind. You'll be popping up. Well, I had to laugh a little bit. Uh, sorry about that. But I asked that same identical question to a prominent preacher running the church. I asked him, why don't you read out of the other books? And his reply was that, well, if it's not in the 66 books, then we don't need to preach out of that because that ain't what we was taught. I said, oh, okay, thank you. You see that? It ain't in the 66. Mm-hmm. So that preacher is taking, he, he already took his own life, but now he's going to take your life with it. And, and um, my fact, Elder, give me a precept on that. Uh, Elder, Mr. Chair, give me a precept on that. Let's see through the Bible before I do that. And First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 37 down to verse 40, how about a precept with a lot of audio for the national audience? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 37 down to verse 40. Let's get a precept on that, Elder, and see what it says. Take note. Come on. In the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, looking at verse number 37 to 40, I believe you said. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 37 to verse number 40. 37 reads, if any man think of himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I will write unto you are the commandments, Torah instructions of the Yahweh. 38, if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. 39, wherefore, brothers, convert to prophecy and forbid not to speak with tongues things be done decently and in order. I'll uh, 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 read verse 38 with a little audio. Uh, you know, read verse 38 again with a little audio. 38 says, but if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Yeah, you be ignorant by yourself. You ain't going to take me with you. If you want to be ignorant, if you want to keep your flock as midgets, you be ignorant by yourself. So the pastors, the, the popes, the cardinals, the teachers, if you want to be ignorant, somebody come as you are, you be ignorant by yourself. You ain't going to have me tied in my eyes open. And I'm, I'm hearing a voice that, I'm hearing a voice that, um, let's get a priest up on that. I'm hearing a voice, Elder, I'm hearing a voice, I don't know where that voice coming from, but I'm hearing a voice that's telling me something. It's no accident. I'm part of 900,000 plus on the international side. So listen, I'm going to get a precept on that in 49th chapter. Let's see what it says. Let's precept that. And the first time you'll preach and precept the Bible, you you give us a call on the international line two two four six zero zero five five seven nine. Let me I wanna 
I won't know what did he preach there. Because the Bible tells you in Psalms 119, verse 4, 99 and 100 and 104, you must preach up your Bible to get the answer. If you don't do it, it's a false way. So you watch your preacher real carefully and see if he preach up the Bible or he do, or will he tell you a lovely story. Like, come as you are. You accept it. Come as you are. That's a lovely story. That's going to get him thrown in the bottom of the fire. If you don't change, going to get you thrown in the bottom of the fire. Let's see what it says. Hey, all in the 49th chapter, I want to see what it says. And Isaiah 49, I want to see what it says. It makes a statement in Isaiah 49, and I want to see what it says. It says in Isaiah 49, you don't see if he's talking to you. Got the right verse. Isaiah 49, verse 14 down to verse 16. What is there that we can read in Isaiah 49, verse 14 down to verse 16? Elder, Mr. Taylor, what did they have come out? In the book of Isaiah, chapter 49, reading verses 14 to verse number 16. 14 says, But Zion said, the Yahweh had forsaken me, and my Yahweh had forgotten me. Fifteen. Can a woman forget her suckling child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yea, will I not forget thee? Sixteen. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of thy hands. Thy walls are con- continually before me. 17, thy children shall make haste, thy destroyers, and they shall make thee waste, shall go forth of thee. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm, I'm, missing a, I'm missing a verse there, Elder. I'm missing a verse. Uh, I'm, I'm missing something. Let's see what I'm missing. Uh, back of the 30th chapter, I must, I must got to add a little bit more to it. Back of the 30th chapter, and speaking of verse number 19 to 21, in the 30th chapter, I'm missing something there, So, I mean, I'm missing something. That means must be no priest up in there to help tie that in. We're going to Isaiah 30, here to look at and we'll get verse 19 down to verse 21. And this word Zion means Judah, and Jerusalem means Judah. Let's see what's going on here in verse 19 on verse 21. Come on. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, looking at verses 19 to verse number 21. 19 says, For all the people that shall dwell in Zion, Judah, at Jerusalem, thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee. At the voice of thy cry, when he shall hear it, he will answer thee. 20. And though the aqua gave you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, he shall not, he shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore. 
but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand, and when you turn to the left. Yeah. So you see, and, and that what you're hearing right now out of six anointed council of bosses of the true Israelites. This is the way. Walk there in it. When they log in all over the known world, listen, you hear a voice speaking to you in your head saying, your preacher's been lying to you. <laughs> this is the way. Walk there in it. The Bible has, the first King James Bible has 80 books. If you send in a ministry at all, you got 66 books, you ain't got but a half of the service. Now, how could, how could a judge rule on half of the service? It's okay, yeah, I, I hear the service, but what other half they do? They can't make a ruling on half of the service. So if they don't have the book that the original can, and all you got to do is take that one out of Satan's telephone and say, how many books was in the original King James 1611? And they'll tell you, 80 books. And you've been in a ministry with 66 books. You're not getting but a half of the story. So now, that's up to you. But you hear a voice come from faith on you right now telling you, take a look at the Bible. Everything your pastor have told you, let's check it out and see who the Bible supports you. And you will be surprised what you will find out. And that's why a statement is made, come as you are, not biblically whatsoever. Hey, Elder, read them one more time. Elder, Yahweh, Israel, bring up this origin of a statement called, come as you are. What year, now I need to know what year, uh, close to what year that that statement came out, come as you are. All you got to do is come to Jesus as you are. Do we got a timeline on when that statement was made to Elder Yahweh Israel? Take the time and, and I'm going to drink a little herbal tea for the national order to understand that it was a timeline when it came in. But we'll go in the Bible and tell you about timeline by providing. Watch this. Come on, Elder, bring it back up again with a timeline. Come on. One second, Elder, see ya. All right. Keep talking. Keep talking, keep talking to your, your, your hallelujah walk for the national to make sure we hear plenty. See the point. We come here to show you what the Bible says. We're not anti-anybody. But our job is to wake up the 12 tribes of Israel, bring them back to the understanding of the Bible. It's up to you to make the adjustments. In Zechariah 13, 8 through 10, it, it tells you two-thirds is only going to make it of the children of Israel. That means children of Israel is 12 tribes. The third is a three. Three, six, nine, twelve. Three and six is not going to make it. They going to continue to be off into pagan worshiping places called Sunday, first day of the week, hallelujah, Lord God and Jesus. Enhal and start in blood and wonder why they got high blood pressure, diabetes, sugar, and all these diseases in your body. The most sickest people in the world, physically in the body, is a Christian. 
That's the most sickest people in the world is the Christians. They got more problems in the body because you know what they do? They eat everything the preacher put his hand on and bless in the name <laughs> of Jesus. He put his hand on the hog and bless. Hey, pastor, bless it. Bless the hog. He put his big black hand on top of the hog and bless the hog. You see what he do? But then you read Leviticus chapter 11, verse 1, 2, 7, 2, 9, and says the last thing you put in your mouth is a hog or some shrimp, lobster, catfish, frog legs. That's the last thing you put in your mouth. Look at the preacher. You got us messed up. You got yourself messed up. And now all we do now is put our money into dark cook. Look at look what we got. I'm type one diabetes, type two, type three, type four. Why you got all these diabetes and all these problems in your body? You know why? Because you're not following what the Bible tells you to put in your mouth and not to put in your mouth. And that's why your blood pressure up so high. Huh? Because you're not following the Bible. Now, we come and show the Bible thing. It's up to you to make a judgment according to the Bible. It's up to you. Come on, talk to me. What you got? Talk to the nice Lord and come on. Yeah, couldn't find no time. Uh, couldn't find no time table on that statement, here. Okay, but just read it again. Well, read it again. And what it say? Just read it again for the national audience. All right, I'm reading from the uh, online uh, Bible dictionaries. Does the Bible say, come as you are? Well, the concept of come as you are, if understood correctly, is biblical. The precise phrase, come as you are. It's not found in scriptures. It's not a biblical statement. The otherwise is not a Bible statement. It's a statement somebody I'm concocting on. It came from another way on you. That's a cliche. Like they say, turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, can I get a witness? All oh, that's cliche. They all the pastors say the same thing. Now turn to your neighbor. All they do is cliche. But never divide. We come and show what the Bible saying. It's up to you. Now, um, Elder, so we read that we got to come back to this law. Now, in fact, let's get a precept on that, Elder Yada. We're going to Matthew on the right side of the book. We're going to Matthew on the right side of the book. And we'll look at a statement by the one that made the heaven and earth. What did he say in the 19th chapter, verse 16 and 17? What did he say? Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 and 17. What did, what did the Almighty say? Come on. Book of Matthew chapter 19. Verse number 16 and verse 17 reads, Book of Matthew 19, verse 16. You know, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Verse 17, he said unto him, What calleth thou me good? There is none good but one, that is, Yahweh the Father. If thou wilt enter into life, keep 
the commandments. Well, you mean if I got if I want to enter into life, I gotta keep the commandments, laws, and statutes. He said, "Listen, young man, why call me good? Ain't one good but my father. But if you want to get off into what you call eternal life, keep the law." Paul said he believed everything that's written. 
So it's not gone away with Mr. Preacher. Matter of fact, uh, Elder Yada, uh, Elder McTeer, look up and, and, and find out where that creature came from. When, when, what's the origin of the word that the law is done away with? Let's see if that scripture wise. See, all these things that you can do yourself, the law is done away with. Not knowing what law is done away with. Your preacher said we're not up under law, we're part of grace. So now let's see where the origin of that came from. The law is done away with. So we'll so get that signed. But it'll come on back and we'll do a little reading. But I want to get to When you got that, the law is done away with. Who coined that statement? So now I want to come back and take another, another shot at something. So we find out that Paul... Say he believes everything that's written. And this is in the book of Acts. So he believes everything written from Malachi back to Genesis. So Elder Yada in the 18th chapter verse, make it 17, 1, 2 of Acts. Let's see who Paul lead by example. The 18th chapter, we'll make it 17 chapter, 1 and 2, then go to 18 verse 4. And let's find out what's going on. We're going to Acts chapter 17, verse 1 and 2, and 18, verse 4. Now, the son is back on the right hand of his father. So if the law done away with, let's, let's see Paul, what he do, and what he did in Acts 17, 1 and 2, and 18, verse 4. What is that else? The book of Acts chapter 17. Verse number 1 and 2 reads, Acts 17, verse number 1. And when they had passed through Amphiliopus and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, who was a temple of Yachtai Judah. Verse number 2. Paul, as a man of war, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. Acts chapter 18, verse number 4 reads. Acts 18, verse number 4. He reasoned in the temple every Sabbath, persuaded Yachtai Judah, southern kingdom, and Israel, northern kingdom. So he reasoned in the, according to 18, verse 4, he reasoned with them. When, in 18, verse 4, Elder, who did he, who did he, he reasoned with them. When, in 18, verse 4, back. Okay, Acts 18, 4. And he reasoned in the temple every Sabbath. Every Sabbath day. Every Sabbath day he reasoned with them in the temple. So who are you following? Your preacher? You're not following the, the song. You're not following Paul. Paul kept the, the Sabbath day, every Sabbath day. Do you know when the Sabbath day is? I'll tell you what. If you don't know, let a billionaire tell you when the Sabbath day is. You, you believe the billionaire, right? 
For your first job, uh, working as an intern with yeah. Will Smith, yeah. you say to them, yeah. look, I have to have the Sabbath yeah. off, yeah. which may I just confess that I learned in my first meeting with Devon, all these years I thought the Sabbath was Sunday. Yeah. I've been going to church. We say worship on the Sabbath, worship on the Sabbath in the Baptist church. And you corrected me. You said, no, Sunday is the first day of the week. Yeah. Sabbath is Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. That's right. That's I right. stand corrected. <laughs> Amen. So you go to your first job yeah. with Will Smith yes. and say, look, I'm really excited to be here, but well, I have to have Friday. Friday night sundown, Saturday night sundown off. So you see, if your preacher stand before you and say you're going to lose your blessing by coming on Sunday, you're going to lose it, but not coming on Sunday, 9 o'clock in the morning, or 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, that's a lie from the pits of hell. That's not the best thing. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Even Oprah don't tell you when the blessed day is. You believe her, right? She's a female. But she said, but she came clean to her. I've been going to church on Sunday morning, 9 to 11, and five hours long. You corrected me. We're trying to correct you, save your life and your family's life. If you attended any ministry on a Sunday to my few worshipers, it's wrong. It's wrong. And, uh, he, and he made it plain, uh, Elder Yard died. Leviticus, I mean, in uh, Exodus, Exodus um, 31. Verse 3 and 4, he made plain. Look what he said in Exodus 31, verse 3 and 4. Look what he said. He told Moses something. What did he say? Exodus 31, 3 and 4, what did he say? The book of Exodus, chapter 31, verse number 3, verse number 4, read. Exodus 31, verse number 3. I have, and I have filled him. With the spirit of Yahweh, and wisdom, and in understanding, and in knowledge, and all manner of workmanship. Verse number four. Well, well, hold on. Well, hold on. Hold on. And, and we in um, Exodus 31, verse 3 and 4. Yeah, you is in there. That's good. But skip down. to you right. So skip down to verse number 12. And we're going to get our point from right there. Matter of fact, I tell you what, go ahead and read. Who, who, who have he filled with all wisdom and understanding? Matter of fact, it wasn't no accident, but in the same token, it's no accident in Yahweh. So who been filled with wisdom and understanding? Let's get a name on who been filled with wisdom and understanding. Come back to that verse again, three and four. Come on. The book of... Exodus chapter 31, verse number 3, verse number 4 reads, And I filled him with the spirit of Yahweh, and wisdom, and in understanding, and in knowledge, and all manner of workmanship. Verse number 4, To devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver, and in brass. Mm-hmm. Hey, back up and get a name on, on who been filled with all this wisdom, you know. Back up and give me a name in verse 2. I've got to have a name for the national audience. I need a name. You can't take none for granted. I need a name. Who have been filled with all this wisdom and understanding that we can read? Verse number 2. 
Exodus 31, verse 2. She have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uriah, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Yachdah, Judah. So the one that can deal with, with this knowledge is from the tribe of Yachdah, Judah. Judah is the fourth son of Israel. So that's the one that has the knowledge of, of what? Let's get a precept on that, Elder. Let's get a precept on that. What, what do they have the knowledge to be doing? We're going to get a precept, but I'm struggling right now, um, Elder. So in the book of Psalms, I'm struggling right now, but I need a precept on since Judah is going to be having the knowledge of Yahweh. Thank you there, uh, Elder Steele. And Psalms chapter... 60, uh, verse number 7. Can you, can you help me out? Uh, Elder in Psalm chapter 60, verse number 7. So since Judah can feel, since the Almighty have filled Judah with the knowledge of understanding, to do what? Okay, you got the knowledge of understanding. What you for be doing, Judah? Let's preach up there to a thousand BC when the angel came out of heaven and looked David eyeball to eyeball and told him something in Psalm 60, verse number 7. The book of Psalm 60, verse number 7 reads, Your head is mine, and that's it mine. Ephraim also is the strength of my head. Yachdad Judah is my Torah instruction giver. And my Torah instruction giver means the Bible, the first five books for the international side. So the one that the Almighty gave this knowledge to, it is the tribe of Judah. Them the ones who will be teaching you about his law, statutes, and the commandments. You should not be sitting up on a Christian Islamic or Judaism. That's your religion. You're going to be sitting upon a Judah if you are a member of the 12 tribes of Israel by bloodline. You're supposed to make sure that preachers stand before you is from the tribe of Judah, the fourth son of Israel, because we just got to read to the Latter day Saints there. Can you give me a precept on that one? Yeah, we'll give you a precept on that one. Let's go to Psalm 78, yeah, Elder. Yeah, that. Get a precept on that. On Psalm 78, verse number 68. Let's get a precept on that. For the latter day saints out of Utah. Committee board. The book of Psalm 78. Verse number 68 reads, Book of Psalm 78, verse number 68. The children of the tribe of Yachtah Judah, the mount of Yachtah Judah, which he loved. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I need a little bit more out that verse. What? I need, I need a little bit more out that verse. Maybe I guess we hear it properly. He loved him from Judah, but did he give Judah anything in that verse that uh, I missed 
Can you read that again there? I need to know, did he give him any kind of special, anything special out of that verse? Uh, can you highlight that point for the national audience? Come on. The book of Psalm, chapter 78, verse number 67 and verse 68 reads, Psalm 78, verse 67, But we refused the tabernacle of Joseph and chose not the tribe of Ephraim. Verse 68, But chose the tribe of Yachad Judah, the mount of Yachad Judah, which he loved. Mm-hmm. And um, he loved them, but he but I um I'm I'm still kind of I'm struggling now, Elder. I'm I'm struggling now, so I need to know he loved them to do what? He gave them something after all that great big love. He just didn't kiss them on the shoulder. So I got to get a precept there about he loved them, but I, I need something a little bit more. In the book of Psalms, I need something a little bit more. Thank you, Elder Mr. Chill. He loved him and, and done what? 114, verse 2. Thank you, Elder. What's that, Elder? Uh, Yara? 114, verse 2. Book of Psalms, 114, verse number 2. And that Judah was his sanctuary, and Israel his dominion. So Judah is the one that's supposed to control the word of Yahweh from the temple site. Wherever he at, on the streets, go park, wherever he at. Julius the one you're supposed to also attend the ear when it comes down to the Bible of understanding Yahweh. Because there's a precept in that. And there's a reward for Judah doing that. And what is the reward? We can read El Yadah. What is reward in 12 verse 7? What is reward as Judah understands he must get to the place? He must lead by example. What is the Almighty's reward for Judah? When he returns, what he say he going to do according to Zechariah 12 verse 7? What is the reward there, Hill? Book of Zechariah chapter 12, verse number 7 reads, because Zechariah 12, verse 7, Yaquah also shall save the tents of Yaquah Judah first, that the honor of the house of David, the honor of the inhabitants of Yaquah Judah, do not magnify themselves against Yaquah Judah. So he said, not all the eleven chapels of manifest themselves against, manifest themselves, all oh, while trying to get over Judah. And that word tent, in this case, means a camp. The camp of Judah will be saved first. So the six anointed camps, you've got a reward coming. You will be saved first. That if you apply the statutes, law, and commandments and teach your people, he's going to save you first. So that is your reward when he comes from the cloud, from up, up and away to down, down here. The first one he's going to look for is Judah. He's going to save them in what order? First. Now we're going we to read a prophecy because it's 18 nations. Now we need a prophecy about exactly what do Judah look like because 
you got to understand something. Every time we're doing a Christian, Islamic, and Judaism worshiping places, they never show you what the Bible says they look like. I wonder why. Because it may not fit what the Pope looks like and what the Cardinals look like. It may not fit. Let's see what the Bible says Judah looked like. Now, he got 18 nations. He gave her to come down in a body. Let's see what body he come down in once he come out of the clouds. He was prophesied in Genesis, I mean, Isaiah 49, that he's coming down in a body. Let's see what body he came down in, and we're going to see when you're seeking his face, are you seeking the face of the Bible? Are you seeking the face of religion from your past? You're the one that chose you. Come as you are. Let's see what he says by Mark of the Seer and by 1, 2, and 3. Elder Yacht, God, Israel, what it say? Book of Mark, chapter 5, verse number 1, 2, verse number 3 reads. The book of Mark of 5. Verse number one. Now gather thyself in truth, O daughters of truth. You've laid siege against us. It shall smite the judge of Israel with the rod upon the cheek. Verse number two. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Verse number three, therefore will he give them up until the time that she with travailing and brought forth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the family, the children of Israel. Now, so, so now, so now, who, now you know who filled that role. And he gave, now he don't gave, he don't gave you up right now. Until the remnant returned back to, back to who again? Read that verse, a three. Uh, give me a little more audio there, Elder. What he's saying in verse 3, he said he's going to give them up until what? According to Michael 5, verse 3, he's going to do what again? The book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 3. So will he give them up until the time that she, which travailed had come forth, then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the family, the children of Israel. Hey, that's something. That's right. That's right. Oh, so that's why it's going to go. So, so now he's in heaven. But he was in heaven. He told Michael, by the fear, I'm coming down in a body. And the body that I'm coming down into is the tribe of Judah. Bethlehem, Ephratah, the tribe of Judah. But I'm going to teach him a little while, and I'm going to give him up. Then I'm going to go back to heaven. But I told another fear what I'm going to be doing in Hosea 5.15. What I'm going to be doing in heaven is written in Hosea 5.15. What's written in 5.15 in hell to y'all out? Then we'll go Hosea chapter 5. There's some series. Book of Hosea chapter 5. Book of Hosea chapter 5. Verse number 15 reads, Hosea chapter 5, 
verse number 15. I will go and return to my place, that they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. You see what he's going to do? He's going to go back and he's just going to watch you. That's what he's doing right now. He's just watching you. He's going to watch you and see when you praying, if you praying to him, or you praying to what your preacher showed you. Is you praying to him? Huh? Who are you praying to? But remember what he said. Um, Elliot, God, give me um, give me Jeremiah 14, verse 2. Then I also put it inside, Jeremiah 14, verse 2. And I also want Amos chapter uh, 9, verse 7. Then I'm coming right back to Lamentations chapter 2. Verse 4, and I'm going to take care of some business there. Who are you praying to? Listen to what he says, Elder Mr. Till, in Proverbs 28, verse 9 and 10. Hey, Elder Mr. Till, Proverbs 28, verse 9 and 10, what do we say? Proverbs 28, verse 9 and 10. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, Looking at verses 9 and verse number 10. 9 says, He that turned away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Whosoever causes the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. But the upright shall have good things in possession. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got we we gotta we gotta hear it again a little more audio, Elder. You know, um, we gotta hear it again. What? Now this is Solomon, the wise man of the world, that's even even direct instruction from the mighty one. Solomon, the wise man of the world, the rich man of the world, the richest man of the world. Listen what what was told of Solomon to put in right in Proverbs twenty eight. Verse 9 and 10. No more audio, Elder, come on. Let the, let the word hear this in grand style and a precept is coming up next. Come on. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, verse number 9 and verse number 10, 9 says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. 10. Whosoever causes the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. But the upright shall have good things in possession. You, you, you hear that? He says, when you pray, but you are turned your way, your ear from hearing the law, that's in command. He said, your prayer is abomination to the Almighty, the Father and the Son. So if you're not doing the law and you praying to him, he say your prayer to him is abomination to him. Now, what you took the Roman Catholic Church out of New, out of New York saying community board, that's a heavy statement here. I know you can preach that. <laughs> yeah, we can preach that. Let's go to 931 of St. John, 
Dan Elder, Mr. Till, left uh, the Catholic Church, headed by Big Timothy Dolan out of the committee board. Hear what it says in St. John 9, 31. St. John 9, 31. Let's see what it says in St. John 9, 31. See, the world listen to this broadcast. You know what they listen to it? And they and they made a plan. We're going to catch you in something. You don't catch me in nothing but the word of y'all You see? Because one thing about it, we know this ministry is going to be the ministry to wake up those that got to hear the hear. And you have to look at your pastor and tell your pastor to come clean. Not just um, sending the trait. Say, Pastor, I got a gift for you. And it's not a summer basket. It's an Amos 8, 1, and 2. It's a trait. I just want you to listen to it. And tell what you think about it. That's it. And when you listen to that trait, you're going to say, oh, my goodness. Some of them might make a change. Like, I remember uh, a pastor, a uh, congregation of his pastors and, and his, his wife, slipper tank. And they said, hey, mother of the church, you're slipper tank. She said, oh, thank you, baby. And she looked it up. She said, oh, my morning, might make a difference. You don't know. So you can't kick against the word. Once you find out that you've been lied to, you've been mistalked. You make a difference for the people just in your flock. That's up to you. So we don't know, but we know one thing. That's why it's important to contribute to this land school banquet hall. So we can grow our own food, banquet hall, and a radio station. Because it's for your family to come and hear the word of Yahweh before we turn the light out and thing, and you build got your good deed in. That's why we talk about it on every broadcast. Land, school, banquet hall. Land, all before. Hey, Elder, y'all got to read that. Give me uh, give me the book called 30, what? What I want? Jeremiah 40, verse 4. Read 40, verse 4. Look, look what he said in 40, verse 4 there. And 40, verse number 4 of Jeremiah. I want to get a precept on that. Look, look what he said. And we know that's going on as we speak. Jeremiah chapter 40, verse 4, what it say? Look at Jeremiah 40, verse number 4 reads. Look at Jeremiah 40, verse number 4. And now behold, I loose thee this day from the change which were upon thy hand. If it seem good unto thee to come with me into Babylon, come. Now I will look well unto thee. But if it seem ill unto thee, Come with me into Babylon. Forbear. All the land is before thee. But it seems good and convenient for thee to go. Thither go. You see that? And all the land is before you. At temple number one, we got land on south, east, north, west. All vacant. Do you know that land vacant, folks? For those that come, 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 come in. Continue to this ministry. What you going to see? You'll see your own garden. You'll see your own school. You'll see your own banquet hall and your own radio station. Get up to the place. Get in where you fit in. That's what it's going to be. All four sides is basic for one reason. For those on the international side to get their PayPal account, donate to this ministry. And you're going to see land, school, banquet hall, and radio station for yourself 
and for your loved ones to be in a school to learn the truth. Truth what? From the pages of the Bible. It's up to you. Get in where you fit in at. Wherever you, you feel you can get in at, that's where you get in at. Man, school back with all radio station. Got it? Good. So now, um, we were told something. So the elder told you how to reach the PayPal. Look, how to reach the PayPal. Well, the elder will always show you how to get the PayPal. You go to PayPal. Hey, elder. WCC said, how do, you, how do we get off? How do we donate to PayPal? Let's talk about it, Why not on the table for that Know how to donate to pay in PayPal. Go ahead. Talk about it, it'll come out. Well, the simplest way right, to do that. Simplest way to do that is just type in YHWH Radio Live. And after you click enter, once you um, get on the website, you look for PayPal. And when you contribute to PayPal, it'll tell you that what you should do. I mean, it's very simple. Uh, once you log on, um, it just says uh, PayPal, and you donate to it, whatever you wish to donate. Hallelujah. So if you can buy any broadcast, you can find a way to get PayPal, too. No doubt about it. Remember. What you're going to see is land school back along the radio station and your, and your own garden where you can, where you can have um, some um, 25, 23. Hey, Elder Yachty Israel, where you have some 25, 23. Is that what I want? Let's see. Let's see what, let's see what it says in um, the book of Deuteronomy, 23, 25. Which one I need? 23, 25? What's the hell are y'all done? Book of Deuteronomy, chapter 23, verse 25 reads, And thou comest into the standing corn of thy nation. standing corn. The corn you got to put in your, in your blood system, which will purify your blood system and hold up all diseases in your body, is standing corn. Not the corn that's been mortified, put in them cans, and preserved with the salt. You got to eat a big belly full of standing corn. That's what you got to eat. You got to eat standing corn for your belly. Okay? So there's right there, standing corn. Matter of fact, I got to get a precept on that, Elder. Let me show you that standing corn to you, those who will. And every meal you you supposed to have, you supposed to have some standing corn in it. Why so? Let's get a precept, Elder, in um, Isaiah 62, verse 8. Why? Why did you have standing corn in every one of your meals? Let's see what it says in Isaiah 62, verse 8. The book of Isaiah 62, verse number 8 reads, Isaiah 62, verse number 8. Yahweh swore by his right hand and by the arm of his strength. Shall I no more give thy corn to be meat for thy enemies? And the sons of the stranger shall not drink thy wine for the which thou hast labored. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Elder. The corn is 
the corn is our what? What did the book just say, Elder? And 62 verse 8, the corn is our what? Corn to be thy meat. Ain't that something? You know what the man is saying? The corn is your meat. The corn is your meat. Corn is your meat. Hey, my dear. Isaiah 62, verse 8. You thought the meat was the, what you've been eating at the restaurant. No. The corn, the standing corn, is your meat. That's there in Isaiah 62, verse 8. The corn, that is a blood purifier. It'll help your immune system. If you around anybody that's shaky, Jake, the corn will ward off all ailments. If you got a big belly full of corn, to be me. You see? So you see. Nice. So now you know in the book of Amos 8, verse 2, a nice summer basket, corn, you meat. See, this is, this is how to keep problems in your body. And like I said, we're going to eat a big belly full of all type of dead man meat over the next coming week. But we know how to get that garbage out of our system. We know how to get it out of our system now. We know what to do. Because meat don't digest it bees in your system too long. So now you get, so now we know from previous cases how to detox yourself and what to use to detox your body from that dead meat. Hmm? But we will eat plenty of it. Barbecuing. We'll do all that stuff. All that good stuff. Barbecuing and eating all of the dead man meat we can get over next weekend and drag them up too. But one thing we do know, when that feast day is over with, we know how to detox ourselves. Six anointed camps know how to get that garbage out of your stomach. We know what to do. That's why we come humble. Because all that going to cause is problems in your body. Because corn is for your meat. Let's get a precept on that. Matter of fact, I see uh, Mother E and Mother Z is coming on stage. Mother Z going to give a commentary when it's all said and done. So uh, we see Mother E and Mother E is sitting there. Look, I like hollering that microphone. I know my part. I want to holler that microphone too. All right. One of the mothers out of Camp One. Mother E, Tribe of God, Judah. One of the mothers out of Camp One. Lead by example. Y'all quite beat you that's being right. And y'all quite beat you that's Israel. A sea joy. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God, that mother. So, mother, we just found out that that corn is for our meat. Uh, uh, is anything else for our meat, mother? Um, in Genesis chapter. 1, verse 10, 11, and 31. I mean, 10, 11, then 29 to 31. Hey, mother, is anything else for our meat that we can read? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 10, 11, 29, 31. I hope tonight's order is out. It might be something else that might be for our meat. Huh? Genesis chapter 1. Verse 10, 11, 29, 30, and 31. The world listening, Mother Eve, come out. The book of Genesis, chapter 10, 
verse 1, verses 11, now verse 10, 11, 29 to 31. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. Verse 10. Make 10 verse. Give me 10 and 11. Okay. Thank you, Moses. Give me 10 and 11. Genesis chapter 1, verse 10, 11, 29 to 31. Genesis chapter 1, verse 10. And Yahweh called the dry land earth, and the, and the gathering together of the water called he trees. And Yahweh saw that it was good. Verse 11. And Yahweh said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yelling seed, and the fruit tree, tree yelling fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Verse 29. And Yahweh said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed it is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for me. Verse thirty. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herd for me, and it was so. 31. And Yahweh saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning for the sixth day. So he so he saying that he made was good. Mm-hmm. But when we do the research, he didn't make the chicken or the cow. He didn't make them. So understand one thing. He didn't make the chicken or the cow. So everything he made that he saw was good. So remember one thing. So now you got to know how to detox yourself once you get full of that chicken and cow. He didn't make it. When you do your research on it, he didn't make it. That's, that's man hand that made that chicken and that cow. So he didn't make it. So you gotta you gotta listen to Boss over to his life, say, Okay, well I'm gonna eat me a whole bunch of chicken and cow and um but I know how I know how to get it out of my gut too. See? We know that by previous tape. That's why we come home to show you. You know, we do a lot of things. But we got but we know how to help ourselves and our loved ones. So mother According to Numbers 15, 15, and 16, can you have to all stay out in Numbers chapter 15, 15, and 16? And the other one will come back with you. Remember, Judah is the, is the tribe that's supposed to tell you about the Bible. And when the sun came down from heaven, he came down and jumped in the loins of Judah. And we're going to find out what Judah looked like. And we ask you a question when you're praying. Who are you praying to? What do we look like in your mind? We'll find out what Judah looked like 
what seed he took on was Judah, according to Micah chapters 5, 1, 2, and 3. But he was going give, to give you up. But he was going to Hosea 5, 15. He's going to watch you and see what you make adjustments when the six anointed camps come on and show you what the Bible says. It's up to you. Now, mother getting ready to read something in the book um, number 15, 15, 16. And L, look at Have me Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 26, and Revelation 21 and 27. L, Mr. Tills, had that waiting on me. We're going to take care of some business on the way to take care of some business. Let's see what Mother's getting ready to bring out in number 15, 15, and 16. Hey, Mother E, what you getting ready to bring out in number 15, 15, and 16? The book of Numbers, chapter 15, verse 15 and verse 16. Verse 15. One order shall be both for you of the congregation and also for the strangers that so journey with you and order forever in your generation. As you are, so shall the stranger be before the Yahweh. 16. One law and one man shall be for you and for the stranger that so joining with you. Oh, so what we are read, Mother, we can't follow them. They got to follow us. So if you, right. if you are a, a custom that belongs to them, and you finding them, um, let's see what the elder got to read, elder Tim got to read on that. Now, listen to what Mother read. It ain't but one way the 12 tribes going to be able to do this thing, according to what he got written. The stranger, you can't follow the stranger. The stranger got to follow you. Now, you remember what he just said now. Now, the elder going to look at something. And Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 26. And then the elders go to end time prophecy in 21, 27. And then we'll take care of some, a whole lot of business with Elder Yadah Israel on the appearance of Yahweh and some particular rules he got after his foundation was laid. Elder Mr. Kill, with a loud voice, give me Deuteronomy 7, 26. What do you say? And the book of Deuteronomy, reading chapter 7, verse 26, says, Neither shall thou bring an abomination unto thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. And thou shalt utterly detest it, and thou shalt utterly adore it. For it is a uh, cursed thing. Uh. You say, you don't bring abomination to your house. It's a curse thing. Oh, that's big talk there, Elder. Let's see what the penalty of it if we pay that no never mind in Revelation 21, verse 7. He said, you don't bring a curse thing in your house. Huh? Revelation 21, 27. Elder, bring with more audio. Come on. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse number 27 says, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, 
or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now that's big talk. That's great big talk. He says, in no wise you get you get in. That means you're not getting the kingdom. If you find out that you got abomination in your house, in your possession, and you don't get rid of that abomination, he said, and no wise you get in the kingdom of heaven that's on earth. You're not getting in, you're going into the fire. Now that's what he's gonna say. Now let's find out what is abomination according to Yahweh. Let's find out if there's anything contrary to the Bible. It's abomination. You got to get rid of it. You got it? Good. Or, understand what Elder Rose read in 21-27. And no wise you give into the kingdom if you got a abomination in your possession in your house. You got it? Good. Now, Elder, now we got the time all on table, yo. Yahweh the Son, the one they called Jesus, came through the tribe of Judah. What do Judah look like in 14 verse 2 of Jeremiah? Book of Jeremiah, chapter 14, verse number 2 reads, Jeremiah 14, verse number 2. Yahweh Judah morning. And the gates thereof language. They are black unto the ground. Judah, that Jesus came to, that's a polluted name for Yahweh's son. He came down to a black tribe. That's where he came down to a black tribe. So if you got a picture of him any type of way in your mind, it is not of a black feature in your brain. That's a abomination to you. Now, you can go to the Vatican City. The Pope, they'll put a <laughs> white man Jesus up front for you to see. But now that you go around your video too and go in the back room and they pray, they pray to a black. Huh? They all do kind of go there and uh, pray to the black man. Then they come back out there and show you the white picture. Now, you know, ain't that Satan the devil? Go. You can go on your YouTube and pull up when, how, when, when he thinks he's going to pray in. He close the door and take the corners in the back room, and they got a black Madonna all on the wall, and they fall on their knees. They prep a storm. They come out there and show you white man Jesus and white man Mary, white woman Mary, and baby Jesus. I mean, ain't that the seat? You see what they do? They give you the seat, and you still tied up in that. What y'all pray for? What y'all doing in that back room back there? After all, we playing in this back room club, some, uh, some black Madonna in here. But why you give up the white man Jesus ideas? Well, you you know where we from, don't you? <laughs> you know where we from. You, did you ever read the, the book of Adam Eve, 57, 1 through 11? I'm going to trick you all the way until you deliver me up. I'm going to take you with me. I mean, it's written in the book of Adam Eve, 57, 1 through 11. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I got a covenant with him too, to deceive you. The Pope go right in the back room 
and they in the closet and they pray to a black Madonna and a black baby. Then come right out the middle room and give you white man Jesus. And you pour all your time into that. Huh? Go to YouTube. You see it for yourself. Now, okay, good. Back to hell. Yada. So now we find out that Judah is black to the ground. Let's find out if, if, if let's go to Amos and find out who else black to the ground. Let's see how he compared the whole twelve tribes of Israel in Amos nine verse seven. Hill. Let's go to Amos nine. Now he gonna he gonna compare you to the whole twelve tribes of Israel to somebody. Let's see exactly who he compares you to. You have to line up. You're going to the police station, and they said, the guy that done you wrong, I have about five or six people up there with it. You pick out the one that done you wrong. And they're all going to be about the same height, same staff, and everything, right? And you make sure this the one that puts everybody a symbol, you know, look a symbol to one another. And you pick out the one that done you wrong. Okay, good. Let's see who he, who, who he, who he says the children of Israel are going to look like that's going to never go into slavery for you always to know what the 12 tribes of Israel look like before they intermix with going back to Portugal and Spain by Christopher Colombo. Amos 9, verse 7. It look like else. Book of Amos, chapter 9, verse number 7 reads, Are you not as the children of the Ethiopian and to me, O that? Oh, yes. Ain't that something? Don't tell no elder. You went in that microphone like you should have, but I tell you one thing. Amos 9, verse 7, he compared to the visitor to the Ethiopian. That only means black. And that's the Christite. Ethiopian only means eight yard burnt skinned people. He compared you to a burnt skinned people, all 12 tribes of Israel. So one of the land, they don't like they got, don't think got on them burnt. It's that um, Undertaker suit. And that uh, top hat, that party hat, that barrier suit, and that Undertaker hat, that's the only thing black on them over in the land today. That suit they wear, black suit, and a big old party Abraham Lincoln hat. <laughs> that's what they wear. Uh, Undertaker uniform <laughs> suit and an and a Abraham Lincoln hat. And they, and they say they're you. And you can't, you can't get them out of it because you ain't got nothing to work with. But we, but the six and all the camps can help you by showing you back to the bottom. And now, um, let's go to uh, Lamentation. Let's get another witness on the children of Israel. Now, we're going to bring back days of old, El. We're going to um, Lamentation chapter 4, 1 and 2 and, and see who hand in it first. Before we read verse 8. So let's, let's read Lamentation. Let's pass Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Then we'll get down to verse 8. Let's, let's, let's get a precept on what the children of the book look like according to Jeremiah. 4, 1 and 2 and verse 8. Come on. Lamentation chapter 4. Number 1 and 2. Verse number 8. Book of Lamentation, chapter 4, number 1 and 2. The verse number 8 reads, 
Lamentation 4, verse number 1, verse number 1 reads, As the gold becomes dim, as the book fine gold changes, the stones of the sanctuary are poured out in the top of the every street. Verse number 2, Verse the sons of Yachtah Judah, parables of fine gold, how they esteem the earthly pictures, the work of the hands of the potter. Verse number 8, their faith is blacker than their coal. Their faith is blacker than a coal. Do you hear that? Latter day Saints, the Roman Catholic Church out of New York. The Latter-day Saints out of Utah, the children of Israel is black. Their faith is blacker than a coal. You see that? Now, listen. Here's right there. This means faith. Verse 8. Their faith is blacker than a coal. See, right. I mean, listen. Do you understand what the man is saying? But remember what the elder is saying now. The elder read, if you bring abomination into your house, you you know why I'm getting to heaven, going to heaven. And mother read in number 15, 15, 16, as you are, so to the stranger be. You can't follow the stranger once you know the truth. That's up to you to make a judgment. You in no wise you're getting to heaven. Now, elder, we're going to Lamentation chapter 2, verse 14. Listen to what elder y'all got getting ready to read. And it's up to you to understand what we're getting ready to read. That would take two four fourteen. What it say? Lamentation two, verse number fourteen reads. Lamentation two, verse number fourteen. Thy seers have seen, thy shepherds have seen vain and foolish things for thee. They have not discovered thy sin. Turn away thy captivity. That thing for thee false birth. The causes of banishment. The false burden of vanity. What is a false burden of vanity that can bring Yahweh down on you? If you got anything that is a false burden, and a false burden is you are contributing into something that the end gonna get you down in the bottom of the lake of fire. But you didn't know. But now the other era read nine twenty five, once your eyes open, you gotta make a Bible decision. Now what is a false birth? Let's see what the penalty of it for a false birth. Let's go to second Ezra chapter five, verse forty two, Elder. We're going to see the fear got to say. We're going to see what, as a matter of fact, you are fell away from your microphone, Elder. I don't hear no audio. I hear you in the background. So can you slide on in for the national over 900,000 songs to hear you real, Captain? Uh, squeeze in that microphone, because we're going to show you what a false burden is across your system. Let's see what it says in 2nd Ezra 542. What is the false burden that Yahweh is going to test for you to make a judgment on? A false burden. What does it say we can read, Elder? Y'all done. Second Ezra 5, 4, 2. Let's read till we get our point. The book of Second Ezra, chapter 5, verse number 42 reads. The book of Second Ezra, 
chapter 5, verse number 42. Second Edges 5, verse 42 reads, From the third day, Second Edges 5, verse number 42, And he said unto me, I will liken my judgment unto a ring, like as there is no flatness of the last, even so there is no swiftness of the first. Verse number 43. That's good. That's all I want. But right now, he said his, his judgment is going to be like a ring. Now, you know what a ring is, right? His judgment is going to be like a ring. What is he? What is this he's trying to tell us now? Elder Yada, go back on your computer. Elder, Mr. Tibb, go back on your computer and peek. Remember what Mother read in number 15, 15, as you are, so should a stranger be. And Elder, Mr. Tibbs read, if you bring a brother agent to your house, I'm going to, and Revelation 21, 27, he says, in no wise you getting into the kingdom. So once you know you got a brother in your house, and you don't make adjustment on it, and Elder just got to read 2, verse 14. Read that again for the drama's sake. Read Lamentation 2, 14. Again, Elder. A little more audio now. We put a raise the bar a little bit, Elder. Y'all die, Israel. Uh, I'm about a little high horse teaching right now. 2, 14 again. The book of Lamentation, chapter 2, verse number 14 reads, Thy shepherd, have seen vain and foolish things for thee. They have not discovered thy sin, turned away thy captivity, but have seen for thee false birth and causes of banishment. You see what he's saying? He said your leadership, your bishops, your pope, your cardinals, your pastors, your teachers, they have put false burden on you. They got you doing they got you doing something that's a false burden. He said, what causes you the error is your leadership. They are messed you up, and you fall into tradition. And Mother Red, and you are associated with stranger be. But once you follow, you follow a tradition, and you're not following the Bible, you following what man said, you find out it's abomination to Yahweh. Then you got to make a difference, or you just wait on the hell fight. That's all you got coming is the hell fight. Now, the elder dropped something down powerful in 2 Ezra 5, 42. He said, I'm going to like my judgment to a ring, to a ring. Now, I want the elder to go on that computer and pull up what is the origin of the ring. The ring that they call the marriage ring. Who brought that in? Is that Bible? Where did that come from? The origin of a marriage ring. Put that on your computer, and I hope those on the international side be sitting down. Where did that come from? And that is a false burden once we find out the origin of a marriage ring. Let's see where it comes from. 
let's see who's going to pull it up. One of the others going to pull it up, and I'm going to drink some herbal tea, and let's see who's going to pull up the origin of a marriage queen. Hallelujah. And where did it come from? Come from the Bible, or did it come from somebody else? Let's find out. Of course, you got what you got. And let's find out something. Come on. Come on in, uh, yo. Come on. We're going to bring it out. Okay. Um, I got it. If oh, we got that one, to do what I got it. Now, come on, come on, come on. Whoever got it, get in the microphone. Whoever got it, okay. Oh, Kurt got it, get in the microphone and give you the origin of the marriage ring, where it come from. The origin of the marriage ring. Where did it come origin. from? Okay, this is El. El, 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 you got to come in that microphone because ain't nobody hearing you. So come to close that microphone and deliver the knockout blow, the origin of the marriage ring. You know, the one that go to work and, and put all that money and get a marriage ring where he can buy two mortgages. He can pay for two mortgages. He go out and get a marriage ring. Let's see where that come from. Get in the microphone, Elder. Let me hear something. Come on. The origin? Okay, go ahead. I can't hear nothing out there. Okay, let's uh, elder tell us to it. Can you hear? Should be able to hear it. Okay, it came from ancient Rome and Greece. The origin of the marriage ring can be traced back to ancient Rome and Greece, where they were symbols of glory and fidelity. The tradition of the wearing of the rings on on the forefinger on the left hand came from the belief that there was a vein that connected the finger to the heart. The first diamond ring engagement was commissioned by Archduke Maximilian of Australia in 1477 for his bride, Mary of Burgundy. You mean that come from... 1477, buddy, I'm looking at my research a long time ago. It really, they pulled this, this custom out of the ancient Egyptians. But that's all that the American uh, white man have always did, pull everybody else's history and put their name on it. So they validate that in the 1400s. So they one came up with this marriage ring when they got it from Egypt 5,000 years ago. Egypt used to, used to do their little thing 5,000 years ago, but when they took over Egypt and everything else, the colonies took over that, they took their coach, they, their customs too. So according to the elder, I don't know why their bosses were so low. In the 1400s, that put a marriage ring on your finger, working five jobs to get a marriage ring, but you can take that money and put it in the free will offering box, you went out there and put a marriage ring that's coming from somebody else. That's an ancient custom from the Romans to America today that came out of ancient the Egyptians 5,000 years ago. They started yeah. that, putting a marriage ring on your finger. Then what happened? The European whites get custom and in the 1400 improvisers and told you from now on, if you're going to get married now, you got to work five jobs and, and spend 15000 2000 
half a billion dollars for a marriage ring, and that's coming from Satan's death. So if you got a marriage ring on your face, with the knowledge you know now, that's abomination inside of Yahweh, but it did not come from him. So that marriage ring, you look at it kept on your face. And I'll say one thing, you work overtime, five jobs to buy expensive rings to put on your better ass face. That is the work of Satan the devil that came from Rome, that got it from the Egyptians. So those that, when you look in class, remember what the elder read? That in Wisdom of Solomon, verse 1, 8 and 9, it read that we can make inquisitions. That means we'll do what again, elder? Read it again, elder. Elder, y'all talk. I don't know why the, the, the fear in the elder's microphone didn't turn down now, and it's time to deliver a knockout blow. But they, they sound like a bunch of treaty birds right now. One verse eight and nine in the book of wisdom of Solomon. What does that help? God, God, what does that again at wisdom of Solomon? One verse eight and nine. Listen at that voice coming out now. Come on. The book of wisdom of Solomon, chapter one, verse number eight, verse number nine reads. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter one, verse number eight. And will you that speak of unrighteous things? Cannot be here. Either shall vengeance when it punishes, punishes pass by him. Verse number nine. For inquisition shall be made into the council of the young Yaqwah. The sound of his words shall come unto the Yaqwah for the manifestation of his wicked deeds. What under my inquisition? I didn't hear the word called inquisition at all. The Book of Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 1, verse number 9 reads, For inquisition shall be made into the council of the Anyakwa. Who's that something? And what's the word inquisition mean again, El? What's that mean? And El, Mr. Tills, I want you to read that definition again, because WCC said they straight out your microphone, but you can give it to us real plain about that marriage ring, where it come from, and remember what you read earlier in Deuteronomy 7, 26. Revelation 21, 27. If you find out that marriage ring came from Satan the devil, and if you don't make a judgment on it, and no wise, you get into the kingdom. Once you find out, if Mother read in number 15, 15, and 16, and you are socially strange to be. So those, those them pastors that, that had all these marriage get together, had man work five jobs to get a marriage ring that, that cost more than a whole house cost. That's something to think about. What you got on your finger is a abomination to you and the sixth of North Cap gotta make inquisition. And what that word mean, Hill? What that word mean? Investigate. Wrong investigation. A strong investigation. So now let's see what we can make a strong investigation on. Elder Mr. Tills, in that microphone, where did the marriage ring come from? Where is the origin of the marriage ring come from? Come on. Okay, checking the 
archaeological evidence, it was said to suggest that ancient Egyptians were exchanging wedding rings far back as 4000 BC. But the origin of current times of marriage ring can be traced back to ancient Rome and Greece. as far as the Archduke of Maximilian in the year 1477. 1477. Hey, hey, Elder, y'all got it. Now, you, now you, you see how WCC turned his microphone down? Now, see, can you, uh, we know you're a great note-checker, Elder. Let's see, can you uh, bring that out? Because we did hear your microphone a little bit strong. You see, hey, hey Mother East, Mother East, you, you see what it is? That's why we need our own radio station. We trying to save... Those that are coming in up up the road out of the on the couch. Anytime you're going out and buy a marriage ring for yourself and your better ass, that is not from Yahqua. That's from Satan the devil. That's abomination to yourself from Yahqua. So you look at your hand and you want to show your marriage ring. You're only doing it for the world. You ain't doing it for Yahqua. Because he's sending you teachers to tell you that marriage rings did not come from him. That come from the Egyptians in 4,000 B.C., 5,000 B.C., and then the Romans picked it up in the 1400s, and they, and they implemented today. So when you see someone standing with your preacher, like, you got the ring? Yeah, I worked it. I worked it five jobs to get this ring. How much you pay for it? It called me. Seven to fifty thousand dollars. Look at that. You see that? So you remember what the elder read? Elder read that again in Leviticus 2.14. Before you read that marriage ring, let's see you read Lamentation 2.14 again. Book of Lamentation, chapter 2. Verse number 14 reads. Book of Lamentation, chapter 2. Verse number 14, Lamentations, the book of Lamentations, chapter 2, verse number 14 reads, Lamentation 2, verse 14, Thy shepherds have seen vain and foolish things for thee, they have not discovered thy sin, turn away thy captivity, they have seen for thee false birth and causes of banishment. Now, isn't that a false burden when you go out there and you say, and you you fall in love with somebody, and now you got to you want to marry this person? Now you know you got to work and save up the money to buy her a ring. So you got to do all this work to buy her a ring, to put a ring on her finger and put one on, and then she'll put one on your finger. You said ain't nothing but a false burden. That's a false bird. That's a false bird. You gonna save all that money and go buy a ring. And now you will put one on your finger and you put one on her finger and the preacher now he gonna validate it. See that that's a false bird. Now Elder, y'all saw Israel, since your microphone sounds a little bit more clear according to what I'm hearing. Where did that false burden come from? The, the origin of the marriage ring. We know by now you don't found something to read. 
So let's read for the national audit and the six anointed camp to really hear where that false burden came from. Who ideal was it? Come on. I'm reading an online article, and it reads, The origin of wedding rings, ancient tradition, or marketing inventions. And it reads, It was the Egyptians, pharaohs, who first used rings to represent eternity. That's because a circle has no beginning and no end. It reflects the shape of the sun and the moon, which the Egyptians worshipped. The Egyptians also thought that the open space in the middle of a ring represented a gateway to the unknown. Hey, said something. You know, you, know, you see what we know in a corner of hell. Now, according to Lamentation from Jeremiah. What do you say that is again? We just got you doing putting on our putting the marriage ring on, passing the marriage ring on, uh, put all that time in, and then they they gonna stand before you and flash their marriage ring. What have they really done according to Jeremiah and two fourteen? What is that? Uh, y'all got get the microphone and according to two fourteen, what is that? The shepherd have been, shepherd have seen vain and foolish things for thee. They have not discovered thy sin, to turn away thy captivity. That thing for thee, false birth, causes You keep that name, mother. Y'all see the door, you tell me to turn the microphone down on them. That's a false birth. So that's why we, see, we don't know why we read the verse over there and Wisdom and That's why I say, when you come on the broadcast, we, we teach Luke 12, 12. So we read about the word inquisition. That's requiring of something that's that making a requirement and make taking a, a, a peep at some time. So we know one thing. Those that got the marriage rings on their face, it's got nothing to do with Yahweh. It's got nothing to do with anything but saving the devil. It's coming out of the sentence of Ham, getting the American uh, white man, the red man. They took on that burden in the 1400s and let you know America is completely out of Now, somebody got something? What you got, Elder? You got something, Elder? Well, I looked it, looked it up and compared it um, for one of the Bible uh, dictionary, not the Bible dictionary, but the dictionary online, that says the adoption of the use of the wedding ring by the church was said to have started in the ninth century of A.D. And it says it has no biblical reference to support the Bible. That's biblical. You mean that's the same thing as come as you are so you saying me the marriage ring have no biblical support. Read that again, Elder. But just come on. I don't got happy, but I'm really not happy. I'm very sad how we've been out here all our life. And we've been polished up mama's, daddy's, marriage ring, and all that from Satan to death. You see, you see the job we got on us? Now, read again about the marriage ring 
when they when they got me for you said, would you take this man? You said I will. Would you take this woman? And you said I will. Yeah, you you go in and pull out five thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars marriage ring put on a finger, right? Don't you know that's from saying yeah. the death? That is from saying the death. It ain't got nothing biblically and the sixty on the camp got to make adjustment according to the Bible. Yahweh is not gonna intervene. You can't bring abomination in and think Yahweh are gonna bless you once you know the truth. Now read again, you know where that comes from again and who who started now that we doing it right now. Read it again. Well they did have a script for marriage and but also it says while the adoption of the use of the wedding ring by the church was said to have started in the ninth century, but it has no biblical reference of support. But the scriptures that was made up to pronounce you as man and wife by the preacher, which is not in the Bible, it says with this ring, I wed, I be wed with my, with my bloody be worshipped, and with all my worldly goods, I be endowed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the uh, script. Hey, Tessa, you mean my my grandmama and my mother and my daddy, and I'm you, for example, and he don't sit there and plot up all the fields he can plot up to give him a marriage ring and think he don't got a legal marriage and what he don't got is a big better full of Satan the devil. That's what he don't got. Because Yahweh said what he made was good. This marriage ain't got nothing to do with what you got going on in City Hall. Because you can take a jackass and get married in City Hall. They'll put a ring on her tail. You see? Now all that was Satan the devil. So understand one thing, Sister Lord account. You got to make imposition and require. You got to lead by the Bible. You can't lead by tradition. So you got a marriage ring on your finger. Understand one thing. Once the light is turned on, it's up to you to make the judgment with yourself. Then help those that come in. You ain't got to put your hard-earned money in no marriage ring from Satan the devil, from Satan the devil. And there go the records right there. Although the microphone is very, very low. So look at your hand. You got a marriage ring on your finger? You know where it comes from now, don't you? Satan the devil. And now, Elder, young God, what it says in Revelation 1, 14, 1, 17 through 19 and 41. Elder, young God, probably your microphone is clear back up to give me 1, 17 through 19 and Revelation 4 1, what it say? Book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse number 17 through 19 reads. Book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse number 17 reads. Book of Revelation 1, verse number 17. When I saw him, I fell at the feet of David. He laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Verse number 18. And he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Hallelujah. And have the keys of hell and of death. Verse number 19. 
But the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Oh, verse 1. Look at Revelation 4, verse number 1 reads. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet, talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And what is that? Second Ezra 5, 42 and 43. 2 Ezra chapter 5, verse 42 and 43. What's going to be here after that the seer already had them been told to look out for? Book of 2 Ezra chapter 5, verse 42 reads. Book of 2 Ezra chapter 5, verse number 42 reads. 2 Ezra 5. Verse number 42. And he said unto me, I will liken my judgment unto a ring, like as there is no flatness of the last, even so there is no swiftness of the first. Verse 43. So I answered and said, Couldst thou not make those that have been made, and be now, that are for to come at once, that thou mightest show thy judgment, the he said he's going to make it judgment like a ring. That ring is the ring you got on your finger, if you got on your finger. Yeah, that's how my judgment going to be. It's going to go round and round and round. That metal ring on your finger go round and round and round. Now, Elder McKeel, tell us again in that microphone, where did that ring come from? Because we just got your ring in Revelation 1, 17 through 19 and 4, 1. John put his pen down in 96 A.D. That means his story, Yahweh's story, was told. Then say after 96 A.D. pertains to Yahweh from saying the devil. That's why we read 117 through 19 and 41. It was no ceremonies with no rings from the time John closed the book up, up into the time of Adam and Eve in 4004. That ring ceremony came, and what time, Elder, Mr. Kills, get in that microphone and deliver, when did that ring come in by the church that I'm passing on to the loved ones of the 12 tribes of Israel today? Get in that microphone, Elder, and deliver. Come on. Well, stepping past the origin, uh, approximate religion, origin of the ring in 4000 B.C., the origin of the marriage ring today can be traced back to ancient Rome and Greece, where there were symbols of the tradition of wearing rings on the forefinger and the left hand. This uh, became known in 1477. This became known in 1477. 1477. That's when they start showing what what hand to put it on in 1477. 1477, that is the hand of Satan the devil at his work. Satan the devil is the one who picked up the Catholic Church first. Ever since the 1400s, when Pope Nicholas V came in place. So the Catholic Church is from Satan the devil with a marriage ring that you got on your hand today. 
something that came up with the belief of um, the church that it connected the forefinger of the left hand closer to the heart that's good enough so we just went back and, and, and bring in the best part of the broadcast when Mother Z wanted Mother out of Camp 1 going to give you whatever you think whatever you want to give us you want to commentate uh, commentary on that marriage ring found up and saved the devil from Rome, grab it from the Egyptians. That's up to her. But if y'all want to put anything up that looks different, that's on her too. All I'm going to do right back and do some urban tea. Let's talk about it, mother. You're the top of the world, listen over 9,000 strong. What did Yaqua put on you to tell them? Mother Z, Yaqua beat you that scene right. Yeah, well, that's indeed. You see Israel, or well, you see Hallelujah, Yaqua.
day of the power in thou uh, be of righteousness for the from the womb of the morning thus has the dew of thy youth verse four the Yahweh has flowed and will not repent thus are a priest for ever after the ordinance of Melchizedek verse five the Yahweh the Yahweh at the right hand the Yahweh at the right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. Verse 6. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill thy places with the dead bodies. He shall wound their heads over many countries. Verse 7. He shall drink of the he shall drink of the brook in the way thereof shall he lift up their hands head shall he lift up their heads and I'm gonna say hallelujah 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 yeah, he he don't want a whole lot of it because he he gonna be looking at you and and you gonna feel forgotten where you got written and Matthew six one two three four mother in the closing say mother mother he he don't forget what he got written in the book of Matthew six one two three four and he gonna say what Matthew six one two three four mother in the closing statement. We'll catch you back again at six o'clock tomorrow. What did it say, Mother, in Matthew six, one, two, three, four, and close the statement? Mother, Mother, you come up. Matthew, Matthew chapter six, one, two, three, and four. Matthew chapter six, verse one. Take heed that you do not do not your arm before man to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your father, which is in hell. Verse 2. Therefore, when thou doest thy aim, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the street, that they may have honor of man. Truly, I say unto you, they have their reward. Verse 3. When thou doest earnings, money, let not their left hand know what their right hand doeth. Verse 4, that thy aims may be in secret, and thy father who sees in secret himself shall reward thee openly. So you see what you say? You say you don't let your left hand know what your right hand doeth. So if you go out there and you will put some on your left hand, and your right hand doing, and now you'll put a ring on your finger, 
Now they know exactly what you're doing. They, you got a you got a marriage ring on from Satan the devil. So they already know. Oh, you see, I got a marriage ring on. You said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand do. Now you're red about you, you put the ring on something and, and you switch it to the next thing and, and the man put the, and all that stuff going on. And you told you don't let your left hand know what your right hand doing. Even when you're doing arms called money. And the same thing going by ring. He said, I'm going to like this judgment to a ring. So when he catch you with a ring on your finger, knowing from Satan the devil, he's going to burn you in the thigh. Because a ring, you're supposed to let your left hand know what your right hand doing. You're supposed to be sitting there drinking no tea, and you got a ring, and if I look at the ring, oh, you you married. That ain't how you, the Bible don't show you, the Bible tell you how you married. Not looking at Satan's ring on your hand. Now, you see that? That's big tough enough. Now, there it is. He said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Then Yahweh will see you in secret, and he rewards you openly. That means he'll know when you marry according to his word. That means you find in leadership. That man is a Yahweh man, and you a Yahweh woman. That's when the marriage of the Bible ordained by Yahweh. When you follow that man, that Yahweh man, and you submit to that man's will, because he knows the Bible saying. He ain't gonna go out there and send no twenty thousand dollars on the rain and get him one too, and that could be knocked down on a house or a car. He ain't gonna do it. Not a Yahweh man. See you see I'm gonna I'm gonna teach him what I do out of six and only camp. Mother E. Hold the thing, and you got to tell them plainly. They got to hold on behind tape number 68, Mother. Take your time. Come on. Okay. Uh, thank and praising Yahweh for the class. Thank and praising Yahweh for the teacher and for the readers. Thank and praising Yahweh for the listeners. And uh, I'm going to read a couple of verses out of Matthew chapter 3. And I'll start at verse 1. It says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent you, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 3. For this is he that was spoken of by the seer Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare either way, for the Yahweh make his path straight. Verse 4, and the same John had his raiment of camel hair and a leather girlet about his lawn, and his meat was locust and honey. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, that's why he said you don't like your judgment to a ring. 
that lavish rain, once you know the truth, it's going to get you thrown in the bottom of the lake of fire. According to the scripture. Let's read it again here on the closing statement, Deuteronomy 7, verse 26. Let's see what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse, look at WCC say. See, that's a hard thing. Yeah, I know. But hey, you got to be told. Who's he going to tell the story? Six anointed camps of bosses over two Israelites. See, we got uh, Elder in Deuteronomy 7, 26, and Revelation 21, 27, and closing statement. Elder, Mr. Tibbs, come on. Say, WCC. Still, we got to cut somebody off behind that. So, Elder, Mr. Tibbs, is through talking for tonight. Now, all right. Where's your radio station? So, uh, Elder Yadai Israel, can you give me that Lamentation chapter? Give me, can you give me that one more time again, Elder? I, I want that Lamentation chapter 2, verse 14, one more time. Book of Lamentation, chapter 2, verse number 14 reads. Lamentation 2, verse 14. Thy shepherds have been seen vain and foolish things for thee. They have not discovered thy sin to turn away thy captivity. They have seen for thee false burden and causes of banishment. Is that false burden? You know what false burden is? It's vanity. It's you out there went out there and worked five, six hours overtime for years to get you a ring, and there ain't nothing but a false burden from Satan the devil. Now, that's what I'm thinking about it. See, that's something that's why we come from humble. We don't come, we come to what it says in uh, Jeremiah 44. Now, read 25, throw down to verse 8. Here. Give me Jeremiah. 25, throw down to verse 8. Let's get warm up. Then we go to 44, verse 4. Then we'll pick up verse 16. We'll read a little bit. Let's see what it says in Jeremiah 25, verse 4 down to verse 8. What does it say? Book of Jeremiah 25, verse number, verse number 4 through 8 reads. Book of Jeremiah chapter 25, verse number 4 reads. And I quite send unto you, all your servants to see us. Rising early and sending there. But you have not heard it, nor incline your ear to hear. Verse number five. They say, Turn you again now, everyone, from his evil way. Leave what you're doing, and dwell in the land that Yahweh has given unto you, to your fathers forever. Verse number six. And go not after other false Yahweh to serve them, to worship them, to provoke me to anger with the works of your hands, and I will do you no hurt. Verse number seven, you have not hearkened unto me, save Yahweh. You might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own hurt. Verse number eight, therefore thus save Yahweh of hosts, because you have not heard my word. Is that? Uh, give me 34 verse 4 of Jeremiah, skip down to verse 16, down to verse number 22. Let's see, say, Elder, let's see what Jeremiah, he continued talking. He's still right. Jeremiah, King on verse 22, what it say? The book of Jeremiah 44, verse number 4. 
16 through 22 is reading. Book of Jeremiah 44, verse number 4 reading. Now be it I send unto you all my servants, the seers, rising early and send to them, saying, oh, Do not this abominable thing that I hate. Verse number 16. As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of Yahweh, who will not hurt thee unto thee. Verse 17. And we will certainly do that whatsoever, but we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth. To burn incense unto the Queen of Heaven, who our drink offers unto her, as we have done. We our fathers, our kings, our princes, the city of Jephthah, Judah, in the street of Israel. Then had we plenty of victual, and were well, and saw no evil. Some 18. But since we left off to burn incense to the queen of heaven, and to pour our drink offers unto her, we have wanted all things, and have been consumed by the sword and by feather. Some 19. When we burnt incense to the queen of heaven, poured our drink offers unto her, that we make her cakes to worship her, for I drink offerings unto her without our men. Verse number 20. Then Jeremiah said unto all the people, to the men, to the women, to all the people which had given him that answer, saying, Verse 21. Then it says that you burn in the cities of Yachad Judah, in the streets of Israel, you and your fathers, your kings, your princes, and the people of the land, and now Yahweh remembered them and came it not into his mind. Verse 22. So Yahweh could no longer bear because of the evil you're doing, because of the abominations which you have committed. Therefore is your land a desolation, an astonishment, and a curse without inhabitant as it is this day. Mm-hmm. You see the man saying? Give me Deuteronomy 7, 23. So you see what you did? of Israel. That's why I said when you hear, don't harden your head. Don't do a 95, verse 7 and 8 or some. Don't harden your head with somebody showing you what the word is saying. If you want Yahweh to intervene, you got to line up with this Bible. You got to denounce what Satan done put on you. You got after 96 AD, back to 4000 BC, 4004, it was no such thing that put a, a ring on your finger, it's for the couples to keep the law, the Yaqwali man to lead the Yaqwali woman. That is the, bat, the Bible marriage. But if you bat-mouthing Yaqwali man, then you're not up on the order. That ring don't validate anything. That is from Satan the devil. You got it? Good. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 26 says what? Book of Deuteronomy 7, verse 26 reads, You shall not bring an abomination into thine house. It shall be a cursed thing like it. And I shall early detest it. And I shall early abhor it. For it is a cursed thing. Okay. And what's the penalty of it in Revelation 21, 27? So if you bring an abomination into your house, you got it all over your finger, you said on your left hand, know what your right hand doing. You got abomination on your hand. And what Yahweh got written in time prophecy by John and 21, 27. The book of Revelation 21, verse number 27 reads, 
that shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Because Yahweh has shown you soundly in 1 verse 5 and 6 his marriage. What is his marriage of? Yahweh. We're going to Luke chapter 1. Let's find out a marriage of Yahweh. Let's find out about a marriage of Yahweh and Luke chapter 1. Let's see about a marriage of Yahweh. Let's see Luke chapter 1 um, verse number 6. Let's see a marriage of Yahweh. What does it look like? No, 5 and 6. 5 and 6. Let's get a marriage of Yahweh. 5 and 6. Book of Luke, chapter 1, verse number 5, verse number 6 reads, Book of Luke 1, verse number 5, It was in the days of Herod, the king of Yachtah, Judah, a certain priest named Zechariah, of the court of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Verse number 6, They were both righteous before Yahweh, walking in all the commandments and ordinances, Yahweh, blameless. Blameless. They follow the rules of Yahweh. So all on example we got is Toby chapter four verse twelve. What is the what is the example we supposed to follow? Toby four verse twelve. What does it say there, Elder? What is our example? So we found out now if you from uh bloodline Israelite, you marry out of your own tribe. And you both got to be righteous in Yahweh blameless. That means you marry whatever tribe you in. Let's see what's the benefit of that. Toby 4, verse 12. The book of Toby 4, verse number 12 reads, Beware of all whoredom, my son, and chiefly take a wife of the seed of thy father. Take not a strange woman to wife, which is not of thy father's tribe. We are the family of the seers, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Israel. Remember, my son, that our fathers, from the beginning, even that they all married wives of their own kindred, and were blessed in their children, and their seed shall inherit the land. So when you marry, you marry out of your own bloodline family. You don't cross, you don't cross nothing up. You don't cross nothing up. He don't put no preservers in anything. You don't put no preservers in anything. So when you marry, you marry out of your own tribe. And your own tribe is not a Christian. That's a religion. Judaism is a religion. Islam is a religion. The children of Israel is a bloodline. You only marry out of your tribe. Guess what you lose in guess what you lose in a close statement, Hill? Let's go thirty six chapter numbers. Let's see if you do anything contrary to that and see what you lose in verse number 36, verse 3 and 4 in the closing statement. Let's see what you really lose by cross-breeding a relationship. Let's see what you, what you lose according to Yahweh in number 36, verse 3 and 4. What does it say? Look at number 36, verse number 3, verse number 4 reads. Look at number 36. Verse number three, 
that if they be married to any of the sons of the other tribe of the family of Israel, then shall their inheritance be taken from the inheritance of our fathers, and shall be put to the inheritance of the tribe whereunto they are received. So shall they be taken from the lot of our inheritance. Verse number four. And when the jubilee of the family of Israel shall be, then shall their inheritance be put into the inheritance of the tribe, Whereunto they are received, so shall their inheritance be taken away from the inheritance of the tribe of our fathers. Read verse 13. It closes out a close statement. So who, who tell them of this, Elder? Verse 13 with a little more audio. Come on and close the statement. Verse number 13. These are the commandments and judgments which are quite commanded by the hand of Moses unto the children of Israel. The plains of Moab by Jordan, near Jericho. Hey! 